Hello, my name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast with me and Jason, Jason. Sam B. <laughs> McMaster. Are you oh, yes. That? Yes, that works. Uh, Jason Sam B. McMaster. I kind of know what we're going to be talking about a lot this podcast, and I'm, I'm champing at the bit, but right. before we jump into it, let's apply some format to this podcast. Let's give it structure. All right. Uh, what sort of structure should we apply to this week's Quarter to Three podcast? Well, let's, uh, you know, let's go ahead and start with forum posts, mm. go to news, and then games. I like it. I like it very much. Uh all right, so starting with post of the week on Quarter to Three's forum. My post of the week, I'll just jump in here. Are you, are you okay with that? Yes, yes, of course. Okay. My post of the week is, uh, I don't have one. That is my post of the week. Uh, so my segment there is going to be very brief. And the upside of that is it's going to give us more time to talk about my game of the week. But I don't want to spoil that yet. All right. So over to you, Jason Sam B. McMaster. What is your... Forum post of the week. I'm going to go with a post by Adam B. from our friend from Game Informer. Uh, say I don't know because I don't think I've ever been able to do this. I've met this guy many times, and I I love Adam B. He's just like he's the quintessential. I don't know if he's actually from Wisconsin, but those Game Informer dudes are up there in Wisconsin. Adam yeah. B. is what I think of as just these really cool, nice dudes in Wisconsin, but. For the life of me, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, cor- correctly pronounce his last name out loud, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could either. It's something like Biesner or Bisner or Bis- It's Bisner maybe. Oh. But I don't I don't know for sure. Okay, well, I was thinking <laughs> it way harder than it seems to, to need to be. So I'm going to go with Bisner as well. All right. So Adam B., uh, our friend from Game Informer, uh, he has this week's post of the week for you, huh? Yes, and he's uh, talking about Hard Reset, mm. which is a game that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but it and it has a terrible name, but uh, it's kind of interesting all the same. Um, it's kind of a futuristic Blade Runner looking kind of like first person shooter. Mm-hmm. And uh, burying the lead, Jason. Sam B. McMaster. And it's from the group, or one of the groups that originally developed Painkiller. Yep. And it shows, I feel. I think that's, it's definitely got that going for it when you play it. Um, and Adam seems to like it, but uh, the one thing he says that I found interesting was, and I'm off to write my review up three hours and 43 minutes after starting the game. So, that strikes me as uh, something that's going to come up be an issue for a lot of people, which he even says. He says under four hours is going to be a deal-breaker for a bunch of people. And he's correct, because some people will not feel they've gotten their money's worth. Mm-hmm. However, I am a fan of shorter first-person shooters, though, man, that's really short. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> so so something to keep in mind, and that I would wonder, uh, I, haven't, I haven't gotten through Hard Reset. I played the press demo fiddle a bit with the release version uh it has a the the gameplay is based on earning these points that you spend on a pretty wide open tree of weapon unlocks 
So I'm wondering if part of the way it's designed is that you go through and you play with different weapon configurations. Like when you play through in those four hours, do you unlock everything? Or do you just get a sample of things that makes you want to go back and play again and unlock other things? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, some people just won't want to play through the game again. Some people will play through it once, you know, and that'll be it. And that'll, that's certainly just kind of a turn off. Mm-hmm. But for, I mean, I'm always interested in replaying things, but, uh, but yeah, some people, that's just kind of a no sale immediately. So I thought that was kind of weird that they brought it in so short. Now, I want to offer a counterpoint. Uh, Hard Reset reminds me a little bit of what I believe was my game of the week last week, uh, Body Count. Right. Uh, Body Count, uh, which I really liked in the beginning, and uh, I'm less enamored of it now that I've finished it, partly because Body Count should have been, I think, a four-hour game. It ends up being like a 10-hour game, but by repeating content and just making you do the same things over and over again, the final levels are literally like repeated. Like you play through and you have to do this thing where you shut down four reactors and you get a data core. And then you go over and you do the same thing again. It's almost like they accidentally it's almost like they accidentally repeated a reel in a movie. It's absurd how in the same area you do the exact same things twice. And it's absolute filler. And it's like they put that in there knowing that otherwise people would complain, this is a game that's only so many hours long. So they pad it out. So I personally, and it's easy for me to say this as a guy who gets a lot of my games free, but I personally would prefer a a hard reset approach to a body count approach. Sure. Um, And it sounds like you're the same way, Jason Sam McMaster, because you mentioned you you, you are a fan of shorter games. Well, yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point it becomes, yeah, it's just all repetition, especially in first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, just they get There's a certain amount of enjoyment you get from playing them, and then it just starts to become a slog. That's, yeah. Now, can you think of a recent example of, uh, like, like, what's a recent example of a game that you think hits that perfect sweet spot between not being too long and not being too short? Do you have any, anything come to mind for you? I, I'll throw one out while you think of that, okay? Um, you're going to disagree with this, but I oh, liked okay. uh, Portal 2. No, you didn't. You did not like Portal 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, why am I going to disagree with that? Because uh, I, I thought you didn't like uh, like towards the end of the game with all the going back up through the place and right. time. And uh, you know what it was? Is I was so fond of the early stuff with Wait- Wheatley, Waitley, I can't, with uh, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I was so fond of that stuff that I kind of felt like uh, the rest of it didn't quite live up to it. But I would agree, though, that Portal, both Portals, actually, for the yeah. most part, have a really solid handle on game length, on how yes. to keep things interesting and to end as soon as they realize they can't keep things interesting anymore. Um, yeah, and Portal 2, of course, has the added you know, secondary co-op campaign and everything. And uh, I mean, that's just that's just a really good, uh, right? Good package. And by the way, there is no such analog to that in Hard Reset, which is single player only. Like you can't help but think, you know what? Maybe if they'd thrown in some token multiplayer thing, uh, it might have deflected some of the criticism they might get for being short. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, here's one that I wanted to throw out, McMaster. So right. I, I posited that maybe hard reset. The idea is you're supposed to replay through it 
to try different weapons. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe that's what they're going for. Certainly with body count, uh, after each level, you get a score. So they kind of want you to go through and play again and try to increase your score. However, their scoring method isn't very good. Like it's not, it's not a good example of how to do something like that to encourage replay. And what comes to mind for me is the game you finished recently, also fairly short, built to be replayed. And I love the way they score the levels. It, it encourages you to go back and try to experience what are otherwise pretty linear, straightforward levels. It invites you to go back and re-experience and re-experience them in a different way. And that's Fear Three. Sure. Uh, very concise. I mean, it's it's not that long. It's only like what, like seven chapters. But their scoring system really does seem to push you to say, okay, go through and now play. You know, using the the ghost's powers, or now play using different weapons, or focus on getting points through these challenges. Uh, you know, when I finished Fear Three, I was like, okay, I can go through again, take it from a different angle, do better this time, maybe. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I like Fear Three. I just, I, God, that last chapter, uh, but it is a, uh, it's very short though, um, comparably. Yeah, it's about what five hours, I'd say, four or five hours, something. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of hard reset length. I, I would think. Uh, yeah. But also, again, Fear 3, pretty hearty uh, multiplayer component. You know, you can play all the single-player stuff cooperatively, and there are four distinct sort of uh, multiplayer modes that you can play. So yeah, got that pulling some of the, the weight. Uh, all right, so uh, so Adam said he had the, – the overall he gave it a thumbs up, or he was just saying – No, he didn't really say. Uh, he was just uh, – he seemed favorable, right. but uh, yeah. It's certainly a pretty game. Here's here's my adjective for hard reset. Are you ready for this, Jason Sam B. McMaster? I am. Hard reset, and don't steal this, by the way. This is mine. Hard reset, it looks deus sexy. Oh. <laughs> Pray to e. <laughs> Pray to looks deus sexy also, though. Yeah, Pray to looks really good. <laughs> All right, uh, there we go. Now, how about some news of the week? How do you feel about that? Sounds good. Right. Why don't Why don't you go first? Because I'm afraid my news of the week is just going to directly bleed into my game of the week. I knew it. So before you didn't know it, you had no idea. You thought my news of the week might have been something about downloadable content for a Paradox Universal Europa Universalis three game. That might be oh. news of the week for all you know. That's true. It might be. I don't think it will. <laughs> all right, what you got for news of the week. All right, I'm going to go with. Uh, Gamma Sutra's coverage of uh, let's see uh, conference today. Activision CFO Guitar Hero leaked nurturing you know, lacked nurturing care, and uh, it's basically just a statement that Guitar Hero probably didn't receive the amount of nurturing care that it needed to maintain that position uh, of the AKA the number one position. And I think there are a number of good lessons to be learned there. And this is said by uh, CFO Thomas Tipple of Activision. Um, but I bring this up because I was, I was thinking about it recently and how quickly just the music genre disappeared, um, sometime last year, (laughs) it just kind of, it just kind of went away. There really was a sort of, it it was almost as if there was like, like an extinction level event took place (laughs) it was like wiped from the face of the earth. It was just insane, uh, because I used to get like constant emails from Reverb who did rock bands, um, 
PR, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we're not doing their PR anymore. And then, <laughs> and then I stopped hearing about all the new uh, updates for for Ryan. So yeah, that's uh, and he 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 goes on to say basically that they, they'll probably make another uh, Guitar Hero somewhere down the line, but they'll try to learn from their past mistakes, which of course I, I expect on uh, around the time of the new consoles, but. You know, that's that's uh, so crazy. So crazy how quick it went away. It's also a little crazy to hear Soul Searching from Activision. I was not aware yeah. they, they had that in them. No, what Souls? Yes, it is a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Activision. Now, uh, what... When is the last time you bought? So let's see how complicit you are, Jason Sam B. McMaster, in the downfall of music games. When is the last time you bought a downloadable song for Guitar Hero or Rock Band? And what song was it? Uh, geez, it was actually probably a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh, good. Okay, so you're doing your part. I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah, I've got like a hundred <laughs> some odd songs. It's ridiculous. Um, or maybe 200 now. Um, but it was... God, what was it? I want to say... Uh, I want to say maybe a Yes song. Either that or I was planning on buying it. I thought, what the hell was it? First of all, you uh, should buy those Yes songs. Starship well, I want a couple songs. of them. Right. We'll buy the pack. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so actually, I don't know if you would know the answer to this, Jason Sam McMaster, but uh, so obviously Rock Band is continuing to offer downloadable music every week or so i don't know but uh is guitar hero still offering downloadable music can i boot up guitar hero world tour and find new music like yes and whatnot available for download i do not know but i would imagine so it it doesn't really take a lot so it's not right yeah like you would think they would want to sustain that model and like it's kind of a an easy way to, to keep making money from it but i don't know it seems like it's not really, I guess, extinct. It's just kind of moribund, maybe. Right, right. You know, and that's the thing. There's, uh, there's no real point in making another rock band game. You know, there's no real point in making another Guitar Hero game. In fact, there was no point in making several of the Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for those holding out hope for, you know, like a harmonica add-on for Rock Band, I think yeah. they're out of luck. Yeah, I wouldn't hope any longer. I think the keyboard was about the best thing you're going to get. Now, I'll, however, isn't Ubisoft doing some, like, supposedly super serious teach-yourself-to-play-guitar rock band yeah. kind of game? Right? Actually, I think they are. Isn't it called, like, uh, I saw something about Rocksmith? Oh, yes. Very good. Very good, McMaster. Yeah, I just saw something about that today on Game Shark. <clears throat> um but yeah, I'm not sure. I would imagine they are, but uh, you never know. Um, oh, it also turns out that the last songs I, I downloaded were the Zootons, uh, Valerie and Oh Stacy. I have no idea what that is, but all that says to me is that you are way more hip than I am. I'm pretty hip. <laughs> can you can you hum a few bars of the Zootons song? Uh, I dare not try. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now you go all shy on us. Fair enough. Ah, oh, shucks. <laughs> All right, so a little uh, soul searching from Activision is your news story of the week. We're glad to hear it. Uh, there, uh, you know what? But I, I think we've lost music games for a while, at least as far as 
exciting new developments. And I have always maintained – what do you think of this, Jason Sambi McMaster? Take me to task if you need to. But I have always maintained Guitar Hero and Rock Band, they're not games. No, not really, because it's just a kind of a, what, like Simon or something. Yeah, not Simon, but a, I don't know, a follow the leader kind of thing. It's just you're hitting buttons and rhythm. And, and I've always felt, I mean, for some people, that's part of the appeal and that's what they like. But I think for most of us, I don't know, who am I to speak for most of us? But I've always felt, for me personally, what I get out of the Guitar Hero and Rock Band games isn't the same thing I get out of other video games. For me, they're this cool, interactive way to listen to music. Uh, no, I, I agree with you, absolutely. I don't really play Rock Band to, I mean, you know, I'm no Sal, but, you know, I don't really play Rock Band for... For the score, I mean, I do, but I don't. Uh, I like the music mostly. It's not like I'm playing songs that I hate you know, just to get a score on them or something. Exactly. Like if there was a song you didn't like that you could score a lot of points on, you wouldn't play it. Now, if no. there were, say, a pinball table called maybe Rocky and Bullwinkle that you didn't like, <laughs> you would still play that to get a lot of points because it's a game. Yes, to spite you. (laughs) I'm not saying I've actually done that or that either of us would ever actually do that. Oh, no, no. But just to illustrate my point. uh, Oh, yeah, fair warning. Sarah's getting her own Xbox very shortly, and so God knows what's going to happen there with the pinball. All right, well, let me make a note to contact uh, Microsoft's Xbox Live support and see about shaving some of those points off of your super score that she applied. Because I think that's only fair. Can't, couldn't Denny do it? Denny Atkin couldn't. We'll doesn't he have that kind of pull? Yep. He, that guy goes to space shuttle launches. I'm sure he can shave a few points off of someone's super score on Xbox Live. Absolutely. I mean, I think so. Yeah. All right. So my news story of the week. You ready for this? Yes. So I don't want to name a site. You know, you rightly called out. I'm sorry. Did you say it was Gamma Sutra or Ars Technica for uh, the Activision story? That was Gamma Sutra. Gamma Sutra, right. I don't want to call anyone out because I don't want to trash anyone, but a particular site, and I'm sure if you were to think in your head, okay, who would do this sort of thing? I'm sure if you were to imagine this, you would know who it is, but a particular site posted a story with a huge, with a big old headline and a picture of a character from Dead Island, and the headline was something like, Dead Island calls its character a feminist whore. And... <laughs> And it was a big old, you know, it was a big old attention-grabbing headline. And the story was just about the fact that somewhere in the mistaken early release code, I guessed it. <laughs> was that was that your guess for what my new story of the week would be? No, no, I, I sorry, I just I guessed the website correctly. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> congratulations! And if you're playing at home, score yourself accordingly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but so so yeah, what this story was about was simply the fact that it, when uh, Dead Rising was posted on Steam, Dead Rising. I'm going to do this many times over the course of this podcast. I'm saying so. I'm going to put a dime in the jar every time I call Dead Island Dead Rising, and then that money will go to form a new scholarship. Uh, so so just keep me honest there. Anyway, Dead Island uh, was posted to Steam. Uh, about a week or so before it was available so that people could preload it so that some folks in the press could play it. But it turns out that it was, unfortunately, an early build. It was the wrong build that was posted, which is good because I'd been playing Dead Island for a week with all this like weird debug stuff in it. Like If you were to hit the Y key 
which is really easy to do when you're spazzing out because a zombie's attacking you. You go into this no-clip ghost mode, and you're just flying around, and depending on where you come out of that mode, you can crash the game. Uh, so there was a lot of screwy stuff. There were some broken quests, uh, which was really disheartening to see, and I was like, oh, God, this game is in terrible state, uh, but I was still loving it. But it turns out that they had uploaded the wrong build. So day one comes out. That build isn't live for very long before they patch it and update the build. I presume it's, you know, that, that debug key with hitting Y is gone. I haven't checked the broken quest scripts. I presume those are fixed. Uh, but at any rate, in this, this very briefly available too early build, there was some line of debug code uh, in which one of the character's skills was called Feminist Whore. Now, the skill was renamed Gender Wars, uh, and the, the skill is very simply uh, the character Perna, who, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this in a bit, I feel is the best character in the game. She's my favorite. Uh, big fan of Perna's. She has a skill called Gender Wars, and as she puts points into it, she does more damage against zombies of the opposite sex. Uh, so, uh, when you're Perna and you've put points into Gender Wars, you want to single out dude zombies. She's a chick. Uh, because you're more effective against them. So at one point, this skill was called Feminist Whore. Uh, and I just, to me, that is such a non-story. And the fact that programmers maybe make inappropriate jokes, and I'm not even sure it's that inappropriate. Like, it's no different than anything you'd, like, see in some dippy R-rated comedy. Uh, I, I just, it's such a non-story to me. And to sort of bring attention to it like that, I just... It's so disappointing that, I, but you know what? I guess that's how blogs work. Uh, so that's my story of the week: is that uh, <laughs> that, that programmer debug code is a non-story. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but at the same time, it's a really stupid thing for a programmer to do, and he, the guy should have known better. I mean, it's just asking for trouble. Well, so that brings up two things, McMaster. Uh, Techland is a is a Polish company, and I don't yeah. I don't wanna, so I don't know if there's like a language barrier. If maybe they didn't mean the joke to sound as coarse as it does, you know, like if I could imagine. Uh, I think Rush Limbaugh is fond of calling women feminazis. Right now in Poland, that would be a lot more offensive. You know, the Polish experience with Nazis is not really funny. To us here, if you're some right-wing ditto head, you're like, oh, feminazi, oh, that's really funny. So there, there's a sort of a cultural difference there. And maybe sure. feminist whore, they just don't really appreciate how that, how coarse or vulgar that sounds to us. But then the other side of the coin is, as I mentioned, you can make a joke about a feminist whore in a comedy. Like, why can you do that in a movie? And even though it's coarse and vulgar, it's funny and it is acceptable, like in an R-rated comedy, you know, you know, making fun of the fat chicken bridesmaids or what, whatever. Uh, you know, one of the problems that I think we have in video games is that we are dismissive of, of women as sexual objects. You know what? A, a female character is just a large pair of breasts and nothing else. I'm glad that we're moving away from that, but I don't think we necessarily need to move away from – I think that stereotypes of people, whether they're men, women, characters, they can be funny. They can be effective. And while I don't think calling Perna a feminist whore works, I, I, I don't think we need to think of it as taboo to make jokes about her maybe being a feminist. Uh, 
poor. Yeah, that's a little harsh. It do, it obviously doesn't fit with the character, and they obviously knew that. They didn't intend that to be in there. But if they wanted to make jokes about how Perna hates men, or even that she's a lesbian or whatever, it's an M-rated game. I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's also true. By the way, true. one of my favorite things about Perna is the voice acting for the other three characters I'm not that fond of. But the woman doing Perna, she's this very spirited, like, Australian voice actress, and I get a really strong, like, Xeno Warrior Princess vibe. Like, I, I'm totally picturing Lucy Lawless when I'm playing Perna, and she's doing these, like, these sort of feisty Australian chick sound bites. Uh, so if they wanted to, to portray her as this, you know, bitter feminist or whatever, it's not really what they got, but I can see that kind of cool lesbian angle like they have with Xeno Warrior Princess, so... So anyway, the bottom line is, you know what, let's let's move away from stereotypes where women are nothing but these comic book sexual objects, but let's not be shy about making coarse, vulgar jokes. I don't think there's necessarily a problem there. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. It, it is a complete non-story. Yeah, so I don't know why that's my story of the week. You know what, I, yeah, sometimes a story of the week might be a non-story. Sure, so. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're right, blogs. You gotta be on top of everything. Uh, all right, so uh, those are our stories of the week. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna let you go oh. first for game of the week because I'm wondering, are we gonna over? Is this gonna be our first podcast where we have the same game of the week? Probably, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I've only been playing two games, and one of them I can't really imagine discussing. <laughs> which is which is Tiger Woods because <laughs> I like golf and uh, it just doesn't seem the right format for my golf discussion. <laughs> so, so. Jason Sam B. McMaster, I am perfectly capable of shutting up and listening if you want to talk golf. Oh no, I'm I'm good because I really don't know what I'm. I mean, I, the one thing I will say, just a quick note for people who might be interested in the new Tiger Woods is that it's it adds caddies and the masters and the caddy thing is kind of interesting because it really kind of makes it almost makes it easier for people that don't know golf mm, to play the game bro mm-hmm. i mean yeah it puts it gives you like a couple of options based on where you're at on the green just like your caddy telling you what he you, he thinks you should do, et cetera, et cetera. So that's pretty fascinating. Well, now, but, Jason um, S.M.B. McMaster, this has me wondering, uh, since this is a Tiger Woods game, can you fire your caddy? I No, I, because I would have, I believe, once or <laughs> twice. That's, uh, my, sometimes I think my caddy's out to get me. Now, just can I get some props for, I think, making a trenchant golf reference? I, I'm not sure, but didn't Tiger Woods actually fire his long-term friend and caddy? Like, isn't that part of his recent either recovery slash spiral of destruction, is firing his long-term caddy? I don't. Uh, yeah, actually, I believe so. Uh, you know, I haven't kept up with him that much. Oh, that's interesting. Re- it sounds like I know more about golf than you do. Oh, you know more about Tiger Woods than I do, maybe, <laughs> as a person. Good point. <laughs> you stalker. I, I am more likely to read People magazine than you are. Uh, yeah, no, hey, I just the it struck me as weird at first to hear that because I was thinking his dad was his caddy, but his dad died a few years ago, and that was yeah, yeah. I guess he had his. Oh, son. that's just way way too soon. Way yeah. too. Soon. That's terrible, McMaster. <laughs> I, I didn't make a joke about it. <laughs> good point. You didn't say your caddies can't die in Tiger Woods golf. All right, good point. But uh, you, that does bring me to, you know, Dead Island, which is where we're both going. 
Why not? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't know that for sure. I might. So you know what? For all you know, my game of the week might be this free-to-play MMO on Facebook. Oh, Dungeons and Quest? No, that's the new one that Zynga uh, announced, or Zygna, or Zynga, whatever it is. Haha, you know about Facebook games. Well, yeah, I read a lot of, I've been reading a lot of news sites lately, and uh, yeah, that one. Well, I see that name, and I think, well, I'll check it out. And then I'm like, oh, yes, same old, same old. Well, if you need, uh, if you need like a, Quest Buddy or whatever they're called in Zynga's new dungeons and whatever. Uh, I would say send me a Quest Buddy request, but uh, I'm afraid I'm not on Facebook a lot, so I can't help you, McMaster. You're on your own. Yeah, I'm not on there much either. All right. So your game of the week then is Dead Island. Uh, you know what? So this marks a couple of milestones on the Quarter 3 podcast. The first, This is the first time that we have picked the same game of the week, because that's my game of the mm-hmm. week. This is also the first time a game has had a repeat appearance as game of the week, because right. you, you actually had the foresight. You are a veritable Cassandra. You had the foresight to pick this as game of the week before it even came out. Well, yeah, I played the uh, the press field that gave me an hour per character. You know, well, not per character, just an hour any time you made a character to play. And um, I just, you see, you could get a, you know, you could just run so many different directions and. Never find, uh, you know, something boring. Yeah, it's always, always something to do. And, uh, the zombies are certainly persistent. Now, and I just want to say, I can only, having now played it, I can only imagine how frustrating that must have been to hit the hour mark and then to be closed out of the game. Yeah, it's like I got to the lifeguard station, I believe. Uh, one on one of them, and then another. I just ran and like found the gas station and got a truck and ran, you know, people over and that kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, there's like so much, so much wandering you can do that mm-hmm. it's it's pretty impressive. I've uh, I've been doing a lot. Well, now, real quick, let's set a couple of parameters for folks listening. If you haven't played uh, Dead Island or if you haven't gotten very very far in it, we'll try to be careful about spoilers. I don't yes. know. I do want to say. I don't know that it's a, it's not like a deus ex situation where spoilers are cool story beats or anything. I mean, what you see is kind of what you get. There are some little narrative twists, but I don't think they're that important. But we will avoid getting into that kind of thing. Uh, one of the things we might spoil, uh, it, if all you know about Dead Island is that it takes place at a beach resort, uh, the next area you go to, I would like to talk a little bit about that. That's maybe a mild spoiler. So if you don't want to know where it goes from the beach resort, um, then you know what? Maybe you should come back after you've gotten a little farther in, in, in Dead Island. Actually, are you okay with that, McMaster? Do you know where it goes after the beach resort? I don't know. I'm actually only oh. like level 13 or 14. So. so I just want to say, if like I were to mention, like, like if I were to say Morrisby, would you know what that is? No. Oh, you know what? Well, then maybe I shouldn't... Uh, do you know where, like, the next area is? Yeah, I, I have kind of some inklings. So, I mean, I don't mind. You know, I'm about to find it, I'm sure. Well, you know, let me let me put it this way. It, they've showed the second area, like, it, it, in trailers. The E3 build that they let people play took place yeah. in the second area. Uh, it's pretty clear that when you start at the beach resort across the bay, you see a little city. So, oh, okay. I was wondering if you could get over there. Yeah, so that's where you eventually, okay. that's where it sort of transitions you to, is a city area, which feels completely different. And, and, you know, that's the spoiler that I was worried about in there. I just splashed it out, so I, I apologize if that was 
a little too abrupt. So that's kind of wild. What I didn't realize, I guess, so far was that the map that I'm on is not all of it. That's just the open area of the first part. The game has four acts, yes. And wow. The, That's a pretty big amount of space, then. It's, it's great, yeah. And the, the first act is just that whole beach resort area. And, you know, I've just just sort of mucking around. I've I've pushed out to the walls, and the walls, as, as much as they are, I mean, they're huge boxes. It's not like a just cause situation where the whole right. island is there. Instead, and it's also not like a Bioware game where the boxes are little and there's loading screens. I mean, the boxes are enormous. Uh, they are. So that each act is kind of a box, and the first act is this beach resort, which you would never think of as a box. I mean, they do such a good job of making it feel like a wide open. You know what? Yeah. And if you can call Far Cry a box, because they are. You look at the map in Far Cry, and you're looking at literally it's a square, a huge swath of territory, but it's a square. But you never get the sense that you're hemmed in. It's the same thing, I think, with Dead Island. So this beach resort, the first act, that's the first box. And the second box is the town of Morrisby. So beyond that, I don't, I won't spoil anything. I'll be careful. But I do think that one of the really, really cool things about Dead Island, and you don't really appreciate it until you get to Morrisby, is how different Morrisby feels from the beach resort. Like how they realize how the map, how the terrain, the place you are, really does affect the gameplay. Uh, so that right there is my big spoiler. Wow. If if I was hearing that, I would be I would be all like whining, like oh, you ruined it for me. So I apologize if that's a spoiler for other folks. But beyond that, we'll be careful not to spoil anything. No, that actually makes me feel better because I was starting to get a little worried that like maybe maybe I was gonna like get too like too quickly go through the game or something because I was exploring right. pretty fast. Well, you can the beach resort area as it's a little. I mean, for various reasons, it can be pretty easy. Like uh, I've played over it a couple of times. Uh, and it, you can easily make a beeline through it. There are you could easily get through it without dying. Uh, but once you get to Morrisby, that's not the case anymore. I mean, the, the game is sort of going to expect that you respect it a little more, that you respect the zombies and fear them a little more. Uh, oh yeah, I'm afraid of the thugs already. Trust. Me. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. But yeah, those are, and I love those moments, and and you distinctly hear them too. Like the oh, thugs yeah. have their own. I love how the walkers, the infected, and the thugs each sound very different. So a lot of times, and this is so like crucial, this is such a great part of like a horror movie. A lot of times you know something is there before you're really aware where it is. And you're oh, like, yeah. and I love that. So you know what? I'm walking all over you. Why don't you tell us why Dead Island is your game of the week, Jason Sam? Um, the, the the opening song. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> and what, and that, that song would be Who Do You Voodoo Bitch. Yes. Sarah watched me play a good bit of it so far, and she's like, I think everybody in this game says bitch all the time, because there is a lot of the bitch. Oh, she, yeah, she said it's like the Smurfs with the word bitch. <laughs> now, just, Jason, Sam, B. McMaster, can you hum a little of how that song goes for us? Um, <laughs> who do you voodoo, bitch? Something like that, maybe. Now, can you name the singer of that song? Sam B. Very good. Very good. That's who I'm actually playing because I, I wanted to try him out after playing uh, the other, uh, you know, spending some time with the other characters in the preview build. So you didn't give me props for making a, a, a relevant uh, Tiger Woods game. Can I at least get props for predicting successfully who you played? 
Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, what made you – so you played the other characters in the, the press build. Is this why you went to Sam B? Is because you hadn't tried him before? Yeah, that and uh, just the tanking aspect yes. of it. Are you, you putting know. points in tanking? It's called Threat in Dead Island. Are you? Have you put points in it yet? You know, I have. Actually, I my first few points I put into blunt weapons and stuff just to make them degrade slower. And uh, I also got the uh, his kick ability, you know. It does, like, a ton of damage to their heads. The stomp, right? Uh, yeah, I had to get that. Um, I grabbed that, and then um, I put one point, I think, in my fury ability. Mm-hmm. And then I put, I've been putting points into, like, uh, the first one, the health regeneration, and now I'm putting points into the threat generation. So I'm going, like, the actual tank route since I'm playing with a friend of mine. That's what I was going to ask. If you're playing multiplayer, it kind of seems like some of the skills, and the way the skill tree is arranged, you never have to put points into a particular skill that's going to be useless. But some of the skills, when the tech tree opens out and, and becomes a variable place where you can make different choices, seem like they would only be useful in multiplayer. And Sam yeah. B's threat, uh, it, it's basically he pulls aggro, as well yeah. as... Uh, now, how do you pronounce the Chinese woman's name? Jian? Shan? Do you know? Um, well, yeah, that depends on if you uh, hate the Lord or not. You can see that as Christian. Jian, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe? Well, we're, we'll just call her Jian. Uh, I... <laughs> I apologize for the Quarter to Three podcast's cultural insensitivity. <laughs> We're just a couple of white guys, and we don't know this stuff. So we'll, we'll, anyway, so Gian has uh, an aggro reduction skill, for instance. Right. Yeah, she's like a, she's the total DPS character. Exactly, so. exactly. Uh, now, I've, I've been able to play, like, I've, I've played each of the characters quite a bit. Uh, Sam B, it is really awesome when you get his threat going, when you get that going, and you're another character, and you're running up and attacking a zombie, and you watch it ignore you and make a beeline for Sam B. I love that. Oh, yeah. that's It's, like, really fascinating to me because, you know, as much as people are going to throw the Borderlands comparison in there, it's it's much more MMO feeling than Borderlands ever was, which I know that's kind of was kind of their model uh, initially. Uh, but they, there, there's, uh, the Dead Island feeling is more of a traditional MMO setup right. kind of feeling with the tank and the DPS, et cetera, and the range guy and all that hoot nanny. So you, you've picked Sam B. You're, uh, you're playing with a friend. Uh, so are you restricting yourself to you guys like leveling at the same rate? Cause one of the, I hesitate to say problems because it's just the nature of the the way the game is built. But you can't join someone's game if they're farther along in the main quest than than you are. However, right. they can fall back and join your game and keep their levels and their inventory and stuff. Uh, right. Is that affecting how you're playing it with your friend? Are you running into any problems there? Yeah, he's uh he's actually playing a second character when I can't play. So he's uh he's got like a level sixteen or something. Um, I want to say Perna, and then when we play, he's playing the quarterback guy, Logan. Logan, right? Uh, everybody hates Logan for yeah. uh, for three reasons. I want to give three reasons that everybody. You know what? I should save this for a post. I, <laughs> three reasons everybody hates Logan. You ready for this, Jason? Yeah. Master. Uh, he's obnoxious. First of all, he's because he's like a celebrity, uh, and he's the. He's of all the characters, he's the most typical, like ugly American one. The second reason everybody hates him, he has a skill that lets him fight better when he drinks alcohol. Oh God! So 
you pick up alcohol in the world, and normally when you drink it, your vision goes blurry, and it's on accident. I've drunk, I've gotten drunk on accident many times in Dead or Dead Island. Uh, normally it's useless. You wait till it goes away, and you keep fighting. However, if you were Logan, when you drink that alcohol, you can fight better. The problem being, and this is what makes everybody hate Logan, that alcohol is precious fuel for Molotov cocktails. Molotov cocktails, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so when you have some jackass in your party drinking the alcohol. Uh, that's that many fewer Molotovs you can lob. So thanks, Logan. Right. Yeah, Finally, he's not playing, uh, he's not using that, I don't think. We've been turning them all in for Molotovs. Exactly, as well he shouldn't. Yeah, tell him yeah. that put points in that. Now, finally, everybody hates Logan, because Logan's skill tends to emphasize throwing weapons. And that can be hugely useful, of course. Uh, you know, you throw yep. your weapon, you can get it back from a zombie. Logan actually has a skill that, that sometimes lets the weapon boomerang back to him, which is pretty right. cool. But... The problem is, is after a typical zombie massacre where all the dead zombies are there and you've looted the bodies, Logan is constantly running around looking for his weapons. And he's oh, like, yeah. guys, wait, I had a, a bleeding stout baseball bat of electricity. I can't find it. Has anyone seen my baseball bat? So he's constantly holding everybody up because he's chucking his weapons. So when he misses, there's no telling where it's gone. So you got to wait on him to find all of his crap. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he has pretty low health, too. Uh, low stamina. Uh, I don't really... He doesn't seem like that fun of a character. I'm forcing myself... He's the one I've played the least, so for my main playthrough, I'm now forcing myself to play Logan. And You know what? He does have, like... Once you get the durability up on some of those weapons, uh, that the if you get a good spread of weapons equipped to just chuck a few of them at a zombie and take it out before it even gets close to you is pretty helpful. It's almost like, you know what? I don't care that I don't have much ammo for my guns because I don't need it. Uh, so I think like most of the characters is once you get farther along in the tech tree, he mm-hmm. does kind of come into his own, I think. Uh, That's good, yeah. All right, so uh, you're playing with your friend. Uh, how is that, as a co-op game, how do you feel about it? I really like it. I really, really, really like it. It's a lot of fun. It's, you know, we uh, <laughs> we took a truck and drove through part of the ocean today. Ah, what pretty... happens when you take a truck in the ocean? I haven't done that. <laughs> uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were using it, like, at the resort part. There's, um, you know, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler. It's part of the map. But, like, at the northeast part of the map, there's, like, uh, all these bungalows on stilts with, like, oh, a board. Those are the diamond bungalows. I actually know. Right. I know the world enough. They're the, the silver bungalows, the golden bungalows, and the diamond bungalows, right? Yeah, I know where silver and di- uh, and gold. Yeah, I know where they all are. Right. Um, but yeah, the diamond ones. Like, if you you can drive your truck and you'll hit an area that says, uh, you know, you'll hit a couple areas that are like, you know, leaving playable area. But if you just cut across them, you can drive your truck all through that area. You know, <laughs> so like under the the. Uh, boardwalks and everything so in order to cut a lot of time out of our questing <laughs> we just kind of uh trucked everywhere and i was sitting in the back of a truck and we ran into some deep water at one point it was kind of bizarre because i just kept seeing water splashing everywhere and then my vision blurring and then i'd come up under another bungalow and then we'd go back it was a weird experience but uh you know it helps with the uh the quest turn ins it sounds like some uh, awesome off-roading you guys are doing Oh, yeah, yeah, we've done a lot of off-roading. So out of curiosity, uh, I just want to allude to this. I don't want to mention it specifically. Have you gotten anything out of the parking lot of the hotel yet? You know, I 
I've barely been to the hotel. Okay, you know what? Then never mind. Pretend I didn't even say anything. Jason oh, I'm going me. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, my friend uh, Chris that I'm playing with, um, he uh, he was over at the hotel while I was like screwing around at the silver uh, stuff. And that's one thing I wanted to mention. I really love the co-op in this game for the reason that you do not have to be like holding each other's hands the whole time. Like in like, Dead Rising. Or, you know, there are quite a few, like, or the Grand Theft Auto co-op stuff, like the ones in San Andreas, which is, which, yeah, I shouldn't even mention, really, but, um... To let you, I mean, I'll let you go in a minute, but not just, no, you don't have to hold each other's hands, you can totally go off in different directions. Oh, yeah. There's none of this dead rising, there's constant, like, ah, you can't go anywhere until your buddy gets here. Like, you can't progress the main quest line in Dead Island unless you're both in the same place, but otherwise, you guys can go off and do separate sub-quests, you can go off and just muck around and farm for experience points and look for weapons, so it's not just that you don't have to hold each other's hands, you don't even have to be near each other. You can hate one another and still play co-op. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome because yeah, you totally and when when you are at a point where you can turn in a quest, you often have the option to have, like hit the left D pad or or I don't know what the key is on the PC to warp immediately to your co op partner to turn. Oh, in you know quest. you're right. Yeah, you're right. When you do get to those choke points where you have to be together, yep. it does let you warp. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, like uh, like I was saying, he was uh, Chris was over at the hotel and he was messing around doing quests over there, and I ended up being. Uh, up near, God, you know, one thing I'll say about this game: some of those quests, Jesus, like the continuous ones, uh, right? Like, you know, I've given this chick what thirty bottles of water at this point, and she's still thirsty. Her, yeah, her muscles are cramping up, Jason Samuel. Yes, <laughs> I mean that's yeah, no wonder you're made all of water now. I mean, it's just like she should dissipate, or you know, that area. I was. <laughs> Uh, uh, up in the, I believe those are the silvers. Well, I want to defend real quickly because I, there's a few quests like that throughout the game, and all they are, they're drop-off points for a specific resource. Yeah. So as you accumulate a specific resource, it just lets you cash it in for a little extra XP and and money. And you're right, it's silly, you know, how much water does this woman need? But I think it's within the parameters of RPG conventions. Uh, sure, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, take the extra five minutes and say, I'm stockpiling water. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't say, God, jeez, I need water, and you're just, like, giving her liter after liter of water that apparently she's guzzling. You know, that's an excellent point. Very good, Jason Beavermaster. I, I... <laughs> but, and, you know, some of the quests, like, the characters, like, some of the NPCs are just really bizarre. They're, like, like so over the top. Like the crazy chick with the you know teddy bear and well, just... I actually have a philosophy. Uh, philosophy. I have a theory about that that I need to credit. Who brought this up? I might have to credit this to my friend Jason Siner. Anyway, one of my friends I was playing with suggested, and this makes perfect sense to me, that at one point in the game that was probably supposed to be a little girl. And I think there are a couple of quests mm-hmm. where you see that where there's like a, a parent-child relationship. And it's oddly a pretty grown child, like someone saying, can you find my mother? And it's a grown woman saying, can you find my mother? And the mother's the same age. Like, I think there are moments in this game where they really wanted you to have to be helping children. Uh, and I don't think that they would have ever uh-huh. had child zombies in here. But that's one of the things that ESRB and exactly, all that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and when I did a Q&A with them, because I, I really feel, as far as the zombie mythos goes, that part of the terror of it is, you know, what happens to a child in, in this situation. You know, a, a, a dead child is a horrible, horrible thing. And, and hilarious at the same time. I see what you're saying. 
Well, they, they, I mean, that's that's part oh, well. of it. Any good zombie story is what is there a child zombie, even if it's a joke, you know, like the the zombie baby in train spotting, for instance, that's playing. <laughs> that's like a horrifying joke. Kind of. It's a gag. But on the conversely, you know, the 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 child zombie that kills her mother in uh, Night of the Living Dead in the original Night oh, of the yeah. Living Dead, uh, or even as recently as, um, you, you know, in 28 Days Later, the first infected that Killian Murphy has to kill. Oh, as a child. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walking Dead, the first zombie that the sheriff encounters. I don't know, actually, it's not the first zombie he encounters, but I think the series opens with the sheriff encountering a child zombie off the side of a freeway. That's a huge yeah. part of zombie lore, but unfortunately, it's it, it can't really be in any games because of the ESRB's stance about harming children. And I kind of understand that, but I, I think what you're seeing in Dead Island with that teddy bear uh, quest was originally supposed to be, hey, you're helping children. Uh and I think they took that out at some point. No, it's funny, though. You don't really see it in movies or anything, too, very often. What, the zombie children? No, just, like, harm coming to children. Oh, like, right. Well, not not right. Not in mainstream movies. No, right? well, yeah, that's what I mean. Not, you know, of course you're going to see it in my favorite genre, child-harming films. <laughs> that's probably a category on Netflix, I think. <laughs> it probably is. Oh, I'm just... Surfing through child harming. Oh, God, that's gross. <laughs> I mean, but really, though, it is – I mean, it, if you want to make a, a shocking horror movie, you have to come to terms with the fact that harming a child is incredibly more shocking and effective than, like, harming an adult. We feel oh, very yeah. differently about that. There's a Guillermo del Toro movie called Mimic uh, in, in which children get killed, and it's really – you know, in the original Jaws – a 14-year-old boy gets killed, and these days, I, I think in, in an era of sort of safe horror, you know, horror that's not really provocative, that's mainstream and titillating, you avoid that. Um, yeah, and you know, there's nothing creepier than a, a ghost kid. Ghost kids, too, are another thing, and that's kind of – so that's the really, like, weird line, is are you harming a child if you're killing a child zombie? Is that a child anymore? And isn't that part of the whole zombie mythos? Is at what point – do you have to suspend this idea of harming human beings and realize that these aren't human beings anymore? You know, that's kind of part of the character arc in a zombie story. And that's part of, I think, why we like zombie games is it's this oddly guilt-free way to murder people because they're not technically people anymore. Uh, I, I just think it's an important dynamic that unfortunately gets glossed over because of the ESRB. So, so yeah, so I'm sorry. I totally derailed you. You were talking about the the weird NPCs, uh, some of them are screwy. You mentioned you were your friend Chris was at the hotel. You were doing right. something else. I think you were going to tell an anecdote, and I cut you off. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't actually. Uh, no, no, uh, I think that was pretty much it. Wait, so one of got... the things that I really like about the co-op, uh, what, and, and just the game in general, and that I think really works well in the co-op, the combat model here. Um. And, and mentioning combat model is going to sound now like real highfalutin. We're going to get into game design nuts and bolts, but it, it doesn't have to be that level. Just the, the basic level of combat here. In Dead Rising, you just like hack away at zombies and they die. Here, zombies have stamina as well as health, just like the character, by the way. Your character has stamina and health. They're both important. If you run out of stamina, you can't attack, you can't run. With, so when you take damage, you also take damage to your stamina. So there's a there's this idea that you have to be careful about being within arm's reach of a zombie because oh, yeah. not only can it hurt you, it can impact your ability to attack it back. Uh, and I think this is part of 
why the beach resort is fairly easy is because you need to learn this in a relatively forgiving environment because that's a huge part of when the combat gets challenging. What you have to realize is that at full health, because you're eventually going to get a lot more health when you level up, you still can't wade into a bunch of zombies because you have a lot of health. Because, like I said, when they're hitting you, it's gonna, you're going to lose stamina. You can't attack back. Um, so one of the things I really like about the combat model is that also applies to the zombies. Weapons do damage, and they have what's called force, which uh, impacts the zombie's stamina instead of its health. So one of the things you can do is just go up with a knife, which has high damage, not necessarily high force, and you just stab it in the face with a knife, and you're chip chipping away at its health, and it eventually dies. The other thing you can do, and this is probably what you're most familiar with, Jason Sam B. McMaster, is you use a heavy weapon that does more force damage than damage damage so that you are hitting a zombie's stamina so that, therefore, it can't attack back. And the more right. you do stamina damage, the more likely it is to fall over and then take a long time to get up, and then you can, like, dispatch it at your leisure. I actually like to tackle into zombies. Now, how does... ground and stomp their heads. How do you tackle into zombies? Because I noticed there's like a, a challenge for like ramming zombies or something. Do you just run at them? Yeah, it's like um, Sambi. It's his middle tree, not Fury and not the tanking one, but the other one, the, the blunt weapons tree. Combat tree. Um, right. Yeah, one of his abilities, if you increase it, it has different things that happen. It's like the first level is when you charge, you... Um, do a little bit of damage, I believe, to zombies. And the second level is you knock them down. And the third level is, uh, I don't remember, but you, you, well, yo, you can knock open doors, that kind of thing. Oh, so it's just a Sam B thing. I didn't realize that. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you knock them over and then, of course, stomp the hell out of them. Well, that, that stomp is huge, too. I mean, that, that's like a huge part of weapon management. Uh, yeah. So, so I was actually playing yesterday with someone who had never – who she, she wasn't really into shooters. She's not like a shooter person. Uh, and she was really curious about Dead Island. So we sat down and we started playing and it ended up being like all day into the night kind of activity. Uh, but there was this great sense of we're playing co-op. Um, I kind of like we would come into a few zombies and I would use my kick attack and you can always kick everybody can do it doesn't take any oh, yeah. stamina buys you a little space and it mainly hurts the zombie's stamina so we would run into zombies and she would be a little unsure about what to do so I would go up and kick the zombie until it had no stamina which would let her come up and kill it kind of safely and get the experience yeah. points for it so I almost kind of felt like a mother cat stunning a bird so the baby cats could go up and actually kill it and practice their hunting. Uh, so, and the, the model supports that. You know, the combat model lets me go around and incapacitate zombies so she could safely dispatch them and, and reap the benefits. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so uh, have you found any... I'm actually, I think I know the answer to this. I presume you haven't found what I know of as the one firearm that you have access to at this point. Is that correct? Oh, no. I have a, a sluggish revolver. Oh, so, so you did the quest. Is that something you got from a quest? Yes. Ah, so you did that. All right. And now how many bullets do you have for that sluggish revolver? Uh, none, I believe. I think you have one. You might have. I think there's I, one in the chamber. <laughs> okay. Well, that, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so firearms, once you get to Moresby, they become a lot more significant for reasons that I won't go into. But uh, there, there's that's another thing is when you're playing the beach resort, you might be like, where are all the guns? 
Right. Maybe you've even chosen to play Perna, who's supposed to be the firearms expert, and you're like, where are her guns? You know, what? why am I going to put points in this skill when there's nothing there? Uh, but I really like how they do eventually fold in firearms. Uh, by the way, another reason that I really like Perna, uh, her Fury ability. So for Sam B, and I think for Jian, the Fury abilities, you still have to get in harm's way. Uh, you know, you, you become a yeah. super attack, but you still have to stand there where a zombie can hit you. And there's nothing so frustrating, and I'm going to guess Jason, Sam B, McMaster, you know this. There's nothing so frustrating as seeing one of those thugs popping off your fury, running up to attack it, at which point it hits you and knocks you back and you fall down, so that that's by bad. the time you've gotten up, your fury has run out. Right, that's pretty I'm, bad. Yeah, how many times has that happened to you? A couple. Yeah. Uh, and it's really frustrating because you're like, you know what? I took all this time to build up my fury ability and I just squandered it. Uh, yeah. So Perna's fury ability, incredibly awesome. She just whips out a pistol that she apparently carries around, but only for special occasions and sure. just mows things down. That oh, pistol, that's awesome. it is totally awesome. Yeah. So if you're playing Perna, uh, holy cats, you want to probably put your first skill point into activating her fury. I love yeah, it's that. gun times. I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do. No, next, time had, no. next character. No, I need you to level up Sam B. We need you to I, tank for us, Jason B. McMaster. I will. I will. I will. Okay. I need to get the Steam version actually, because I'd like to play with some of my friends on PC too. You know what? So tell me. So I've been strictly on the PC. Uh, how is it on the 360? How are the graphics? How are the controls? Graphics are good. There's yeah. There's pop in. Yeah, there's some textures that you'll see every now and then take a while to load or whatever, but uh, it's fine, and uh, the controls work fine, and it's, you know, I haven't used the whole swing thing that everybody kept talking about. Now, I can't use that on the on the PC with the mouse and keyboard. Do you know much about how it works or what it adds? Uh, no, I know that, it, I think it's what, you, you use the right stick to swing your weapon or something like that? So I, mean, I hear I, that, and I can't help but think of a, this classic old game from Interplay called Die by the Sword, where you use the number uh, pad to, to control swing direction and height. Do you know it's that kind of thing? Like, I can choose to swing left to right, right to left, up to down. Is it that flexible? I think so. I haven't tried it. Yeah, I've been using di- digital combat. <laughs> now, with digital combat, are you getting the sense that you can do things like cut off heads and sever limbs? Or you're saying yeah, you don't sever things. <laughs> no, I break I break things. <laughs> yeah, I basically break limbs all the time. Um, no, but I, you know, I, I haven't really tried, so I, I need to check that out. All right. Uh, and so a little pop in, but nothing too major. Like it still looks good. You don't feel like you're getting the visual experience compromised on the 360. No, not really. I mean, the only thing I'll say about the visual experience is something that's going to be on the PC as well. It's where the loot icons end up, like, almost all the time. You know, I feel like I'm looting someone's ass every five minutes in that game. <laughs> that we've come to call... I if I apologize for... You know what? We've already talked about feminist horror, so we've already gotten through some vulgarity, but we call that, here at my house, the cooch wallet. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, I mean, it's like every other, like, kill. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's where you're going to store your steel pipes and your money and your oh yeah, <laughs> your, yeah. your crafting goods and right. Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> uh, how do you feel it compares to games like Dead Rising and Resident Evil Five, for instance? Which I 
think you're also a fan of, various other zombie games. What, how would you compare Dead Island? It's completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say it's just completely. Uh, there's there's no real comparison. I mean, Dead Rising is so much more uh, arcadey. You know, the, the the idea of the terror in Dead Rising is that there's so many of them. It's not what they can do. It's just how many. Well, that yeah, really, the real terror in all the Dead Rising games are the people. But, the bosses, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then uh, Resident Evil. Well, yeah. They're they're not even zombies really. I mean, it's it's not real fair to call to even bring them into anything because they've tried so hard to stay away from the term zombie and everything. Yeah, with whatever the hell they call them, buis or something. Oh, um, I thought they were magenies or something oh, like that. Yeah, there's those, but they, they have some term for I don't know in the old resident. They're the ones. biological organic weapons, BOWs. Yeah, BOWs. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, Resident Evil, yeah, has its own language, but we all know Jason Sam B. McMaster. Resident Evil is a zombie game. They're not fooling us. Oh no, yeah, it's absolutely a zombie game, but they, uh, man, they try. And I do think though that uh, Dead Island is a bit closer to uh, Resident Evil Five for how each zombie can be a threat. Like, each zombie matters. Oh, sure. If you let your guard down, and in a way, what makes that a threat in Resident Evil 5 is kind of the control scheme, is that you're not a Superman and you're not super fast. Uh, so they kind of limit your main character to make the zombies feel more threatening. Uh, and right. that does capture more of how Dead Island plays. Although, in Dead Island, I feel that they make a much more... I want to say fair combat model. Like I like the way the combat model doesn't feel like it's gimping me or making me stop and move around like a turret to shoot. Like I feel like it's more a matter of, you know what, here's this kind of balanced system that you've got to learn, you've got to navigate. If you screw this up, you can get hurt even by one zombie. And if you're not vigilant, you know, you got to watch for where you're fighting and be aware of your environment. Uh, I always feel like, when I get screwed over in Dead Island, it's my own fault and not the fault of, like, the controls or that I couldn't juggle my oh, own yeah. fast enough. No, um, I agree. It's uh, it's so situational. I'll say one thing. When I started playing earlier today, which I will be doing directly after this, too, um, when I loaded, I was, like, surrounded by six zombies in the next to a <laughs> gas station. And I'm not really sure how that happened. But it was interesting. Um, why did why did you yeah? Because you know what, I'm so paranoid about where to quit. So I I always and this is a little annoying. I'm not clear on it promises that when you quit the game, it will save your storyline progress. But like if I've just spent a skill point or if I've just repaired a weapon or something, I I kind of want to know that that has been saved. So I'm a little confused about the save system. So I'm real careful about where I save. So that's never happened to me. But that would suck. I mean, if it's if it's dropping you back into the game in a dangerous area, uh, I think that's a bad idea. They shouldn't do yeah. it to you. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, that was very um, unexpected. But yes, the uh, I, I've really the experiences. It certainly has that feel of each zombie is certainly deadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what's funny is, is that a game that came out, what, a week ago, Rock of Ages, mm-hmm. was was developed by the same group that made that first-person, like, fighting game. You know what I'm talking about? Or, like, fist-fighting game? No. 60. Chronicles of Riddick? 
No. <laughs> that, that's a that's a good guess though. Um, hold on, see. It, oh God, this game, the name escaped me completely. I did not. So the Rock of Ages developers, I know that it's published by Atlas, and it's this cute little Xbox Live Arcade game. It's also on Steam, I believe, where you yes. roll. It's like a uh, monkey ball meets tower defense kind of. Right. Thing. This the story is great too. It's where you're uh, Sisyphus, and yes. you're yeah tired of rolling the ball up the hill, so you let it crash through, and then you're rolling throughout history in different art styles. Um. But yes, Rock of Ages was developed by. That's um, ah, gonna kill me now. But they made a, a first-person fighting game. <laughs> yeah, and I I can't really believe it. Okay, it's developed by Ace Team, and Ace Team also developed a game called um, uh, Xeno Clash. Do you remember anything about Xenoclash? You know, I've heard that name, and I realize now that I've always assumed it was some Japanese RPG. Oh, no. It's, oh, wait, wait, uh, Xenoclash. No, yeah, of course I know. It's that weird, funky... No wonder, then. That makes sense for all of that imaginative artwork around the story in Rock of Ages. Yeah, Xenoclash yeah. is like some weird alien world that actually had weird alien-looking creatures and, and stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's actually right. really cool game i played um i played a good chunk of it when it was released on the 360 um i also believe it yeah i know yeah it was an igf game though i didn't actually play that for those who don't know when you judge igf stuff you get assigned certain games so you don't always get to play like super fun time uh (laughs) all the good games you get to play like you know what you end up with and sometimes that's good um but yeah I, i played through a good bit of it on the 360 and uh it's a it's such a bizarre world, but the fighting mechanic is really interesting. Um, and that's it, it for some reason. And I don't know if this you know anybody else would feel this, but I playing a Sam B. It just kind of reminds me of that game because you're you know you're always swinging something heavy or or fist you know like you know, fist fighting or something. Like in fact, I've got my first purple item is some uh, brass knuckles. Congratulations! Those are fun, by the way, because you can you can just wail away with those. They don't take a oh, lot yeah. of stamina. Yeah. Yeah, and he does a lot of damage with them. So yeah, you can just like go crazy. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Xenoclash though, because I do remember that was one of their strong points: is that it wasn't just a shooter. I mean, I think there was some ranged combat, but it was mainly they they wanted you to get in there and get this sort of visceral sense of like punching things and smacking flesh and what right and they did a really good job of that and that's kind of what just made me think of dead island is that it's it's funny that that developer released the game around the same time as this it just kind of strung together in my mind there and it made me think of xeno clash well it is hard i traditionally it's been hard to do uh like hand-to-hand combat from a first-person perspective. I mean, those games, we tend Absolutely. to think of things like Assassin's Creed and Batman Arkham Asylum, you know, to really appreciate a really cool, like, like fist-to-flesh combat model or, or sword-to-flesh combat model. It Riddick. needs to be third-person. Riddick did a great job early on. Like, I can't help but think now if I were to go back and play Riddick after seeing Dead Island, it would feel a, a little superficial but it sure. did have this great sense of like punching and blocking, and it just felt really brutal and tough. Um, yeah, the prison parts are really cool, with having to fight, you know, through, get get through the place and having it, to do all the yeah the bo- bare knuckle boxing stuff and everything. And it fit too. I mean, the way that the yeah. game progressed is, you know, you you were in a situation where you weren't going to be able to tote guns around. You know, later right. on you would escape and you would be playing a cool shooter where you could also punch people. But they had a really good 
narrative excuse to make you not use guns and to play a first-person punching game. Uh, not like the second one, which the second half of that game was god awful. Was guns. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That first game had a lightning in a bottle <laughs> quality that, that the second game didn't quite capture. And um, the first half of the second game was really good. <laughs> uh, but so so yeah, Xenoclash sort of followed up on that, and now I think Dead Island really is, as far as I can think of, the best example of how to do melee combat from a first-person perspective. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, how do you feel, before we go, because I just want to roll this out there and get your feelings on it, how do you feel about the way the weapons are handled with the degrading and the upgrading and the whole money sink thing? Uh, how is that working for you? It doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I don't really understand what the big like complaint is the only time unless you just do something completely wrong with your character build that you have to worry about your weapon and you're not near a workbench to repair it is maybe the first chapter of the game not in first act but the first chapter and you find so many crappy weapons laying around at that point that degrade fast that who cares mm-hmm. i mean it really after you purchase like a couple of upgrades to the weapon or if you put points into your type of weapon not degrading as fast I I hardly ever have to switch weapons before I'm back next to something where I can repair it and the, it's not that much money you find money everywhere and constantly so I, I don't understand the complaint the game has a very it reminds me of Fallout 3 in that if you need to just forage for a while to just make money and gather supplies you can always do that so yeah. I never feel like I'm being like I'm being held back from progressing. Like if I need to just farm zombies and look for money and loot, and you can always sell stuff too. Uh, oh yeah. Like the 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 economic model is such that if you ever need to just trade time for money, you can do that. You spend some time, you get some money. Uh, so I'm I'm and that weapon degrading model is what sort of encourages that that eco- the economics. Like that's where you need to spend your money is upkeeping your weapons. Um, now, I mean, I'll admit, as somebody pointed out, it's kind of weird that, uh, using dollars, you know, just saying, like, okay, we're in a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to lay, like, $500 on this <laughs> table, and my knife is better. But, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse, so, you know, I'm playing as a rapper that has a one-hit that is titled, Who Do You Voodoo Bitch? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go that step. See, I don't even need to go to that step because it's a zombie apocalypse. Like, I would say, in answer to that, I would say it's an RPG. You know, yep. RPGs have money sinks. You know, money has to mean something. And this is what where you sink your money in, in Dead Island. And it makes sense to me. And, and what I like about it, and I love this about System Shock, too, System Shock 2 as well, uh, is it, it adds to this sense of you're in a desperate situation and, and there's a kind of a survival horror aspect you know, oh, yes. it's it's about a shortage of resources, and you need to find stuff to survive. And there is this idea of foraging. Uh, you, you know, I, I, you, some of the quests are silly things like we need juice to live. I mean, there's literally one quest where you have to drive a truckload of juice back to the base. I just I just did that quest, and let me tell you, I uh-huh. hate that quest because <laughs> right, I could not find where to turn it in for. Ever. Now, I Jason think. Sam B. McMaster, what is your deal? Because it shows you've, you, you'd already seen before quests where you have to drop something at the ghosted <laughs> image by right. pressing the F key. And there's also an icon on your mini-map, Jason Sam B. McMaster. Right, but the icon is directly under the quest giver. 
are almost. I guess he is right standing. Yeah, yeah, he is standing up there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So I kept going up there, and it kept like showing you know an exclamation point. And I'm like, I get so mad, I'm throwing like these crates of juice at his face, <laughs> like over and over again, and just take the juice, you bastard, you know. But but uh, and then yeah, I just uh, my friend, uh, I, I had to go to sleep, and he stayed up and played a while, and he uh, he was like, got this morning, he's like, man, uh, yeah, we uh, I found out where to put that juice, man. I'm like, well, that sounds a little creepy, but but, but let's go put some juice. <laughs> Now, and actually, to be fair to you, I should take back my berating of you because in the previous quests, like there's one, there's a couple of quests where you need to bring people gasoline. And in both of those instances, you put the gasoline at the feet of the guy who gave you the quest. Since this is juice for the community and you wouldn't really know this, the juice goes off in some dark corner where presumably anybody can come drink it when they want. So, and you wouldn't know that's there because up until this point, you've seen gasoline goes at the feet of the guy who asked for the gasoline therefore you would think juice goes at the feet of the guy who asked for the juice well they're not really and also it's not like these things are shining brightly right right it's like a really vague ghost image of something but i just want to once again i'm going to come back i am going to berate you for not paying closer attention to the mini map because it's on the mini map that whole drop off icon is different than uh than other icons, and there's always a, either an up-pointing chevron or a down-pointing chevron I if it's above or below you. zombies to kill. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> you have a bigger fish to fry than where to store the juice. Yeah, it's like if the guy asked for it, if I was to take it up to him, he tells me, oh, just take it back downstairs, I would punch him. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, you bastard, and I just drove a truck. I just blockade-busted a truck like full of juice for you. Yeah, fuses are short during a zombie apocalypse. People need to be give people a little more leeway. You're right about where to drop the juice. Yeah, I I just think that's fair. Now you're just saying things like, "Oh, I've got to get out of here. This guy's crazy." But (laughs) oh yes, yes, you're right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, that that some of the quests are a little wacky like that. But I I've liked just about everything I've done in the game though so far. I mean, other than. Yeah, I get kind of tired, I guess, of running back and forth, but that's the nature of the RPG. And you know, I would submersible trucks. And, and and I think though that uh, what Dead Island does, I mean, I I wish the story was better, I wish the characters were better, I wish the the quests were a little better, but I think what it's trying to do is just give you an excuse to move through a zombie-infested, dangerous world. And and once you get to Morrisby, that becomes, I think, even a little more transparent. Like it's so silly. Somebody's like, I need you to do this, and it's urgent. And really, you just have to walk to a point across town. The whole right. point of that quest is you are moving from point A to point B through dangerous territory. And if you do that, you get an experience point boost. And that becomes, I think, increasingly transparent. But, I mean, I, I enjoy the basic gameplay of moving through dangerous zombie-infested territory. So it's not like, like World of Warcraft. FedEx quests, where you can just run and drop something off and drop something back. The act of going from point A to point B in Dead Island is gameplay. Uh, so I agree with you to the transparent. These quests are very silly. Um, right, and you know, honestly, that doesn't matter to me because, like, what you were saying is absolutely true, and it reminds me of another game that, unfortunately, technically was ruined for me because of my video card. But that was Arma Two, and like, why well, I'm looking forward to Arma Three. You know, it's it's just kind of like an open, you know, first person shooter playground. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what Dead Island absolutely reminds me of, except of course an RPG and not just first person shooter craziness. Well and you mentioned Arma too, but that that of course just brings me to Far Cry too. 
You know, Far yeah. Cry 2 had a lot of that. Just go from point A to point B, and along the way, stuff is going to happen. You know, things are going <laughs> to spawn. People hated the checkpoints, but I thought the checkpoints were each little combat encounters. People were I like, like oh, I, I cleared that out. I want that to stay cleared out. But I think that kind of misses the point that what you're doing in Far Cry 2 is you're traveling across a land where dynamically generated action set pieces occur. And those checkpoints yeah. are part of the action set pieces. And if you remove them from the equation, you are removing part of what, what the game is trying to achieve. Uh, so, I, I, you know, Arma 2, good comparison. And also, I think Far Cry 2, very much in the same spirit as Dead Island. What was the name of the game? Was it, what was it, Hard Boiled or Cold? Or You know, I never played that. I think it was Hard Boiled. It was those Russian developers whose names I don't know. But was that a similar kind of thing? Like, it was just moving? It was... Ahead? Yeah, I was going for that. It was like a first-person shooter RPG for sure. And it, it, yeah, it really, Far Cry 2 reminded me of that, except done better. There were so many, there was a lot of crazy bugs and hard-boiled, and it's just so, it's, it was wacky. But it was a cool concept, but one that I could never really completely play along or enjoy long enough to play through. It's really, it's really hard for this kind of design, things like, you know, like what Dead Island is doing, what Far Cry 2 did, for smaller indie developers to, to pull that off, because it takes just so much by way of, like, resources and Q&A, and, uh, you know, there's a really cool game that I think tries something similar called I, Divine Cybermancy, and that's I. Yeah, I've seen a lot about, maybe it's on Steam or something, but it's I've definitely, seen it's that on, constantly. It's lately. on Steam, and the whole idea behind it is that it's a Deus Ex kind of universe and kind of character development, but it does have, I think, like randomly generated missions, uh, and I my experiences with it have been a little befuddling. It's not very well documented. It needs a, it needs a much better introduction for new players. But I think it's got some like serious bug issues. Like I think one of their main problems is they they couldn't test their design as well as they needed to to have a polished product. Uh, sure. And it's kind of a shame because that basic I don't I don't need a bunch of scripted Call of Duty set pieces. Just if you've got a good basic combat model and if you've got a good system of progression, whether it's character development or weapon degrading or whatever, just move me through randomly generated battles and I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. You, you keep it interesting. So it's a shame that smaller indie developers, you know, this is such a resource intensive type of game design. Um, so. Oh, yeah. No, it really is. Um, but you know, Dead Island has done a really good job of it. It's yeah, I really hope it does well for them. So actually, uh, Jason Sambi McMaster, how commercially successful do you think Dead Island will be? You know, I will base this off of the fact that I don't shop at GameStop, which a friend of mine tried to get a copy there, but they told him that he didn't pre-order, so no. And so he ah. left. And uh, uh, every Best Buy in my area sold out of it. Whoa, of Dead Island? Yes. That's awesome. And we had we found one copy of Toys R Us for Chris to play because you know, I had my copy from uh, Deep Silver. Uh-huh. Now you're in uh, you're you're in like like uh, Cincinnati, to North Dakota, right? Oh, you're in that's right. like a, is Cincinnati. Is that a state or a city? It's both. It's a city state. <laughs> <laughs> like Athens, okay? Uh, yes, yes. So that's awesome. So in in the Cincinnati area, Best Buys are some Best Buys are selling out of Dead Island. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. The closest ones were, like, Dayton and Columbus otherwise, and those are about, respectively, 60 and 100 miles away. 
Awesome news. I mean, terrible news for people hunting down copies of this, but that's great. That's good that it seems to be safe. And I wonder if it's because of the amount shipped or what, but that's pretty crazy even for that. Well, uh, I do know that I I think uh, they were caught a little off guard with the – the effectiveness of that teaser video with the little girl who turns. Uh, oh, it was yeah. such a well, it was such a well done video. It was a great like zombie story narrative. And I think they got a lot of just fantastic buzz and goodwill and eagerness set up for the game. Uh, and uh, I, for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job sustaining that. And it's just gravy that they also managed to make a great game. I mean, I love the game. I, I, I would call this a masterpiece in the annals 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 in the, the hall of zombie sure. video gaming this is an absolute masterpiece i love this thing and i heartily recommend it and i i hope it does very well for them so they did great pr they made a great game and if that doesn't lead to great sales well then i don't know what to tell you yeah no they did really good pr i just hope this that stupid smear piece it doesn't really do much to them Oh, there right. you see i'd forgotten about that and i was all feeling great about dead island and you brought me back thanks <laughs> no, that's a yeah. No, they've done a they've done a really good job. And like I, you know, I like Deep Silver. Uh, they have quirky games. Sometimes <laughs> they have interesting releases. That's a but, kind way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but they've they uh they've done pretty good with this one. Well, uh, not just not just uh, Deep Silver, but the developer Techland. You know, Techland, they did the, yeah. they did the Call of Juarez games. One of which was okay. One of which was pretty yeah. good. The most recent of which was awful. Uh, they did a an AT. AT I did not play the most recent. The most recent Call of Juarez. Yeah. And you dodged a bullet, my friend. You dodged a yeah. bullet. Yeah. However, I really did like Bound in Blood. I thought that was a pretty cool game. Yep. That that was the decent one. Uh, they also did. I mean, they've been using this engine for shooters for a while, and they used it for an ATV racing game. Uh, so that they've they've had this great engine, and they've sort of been trying to find a game for it, like a video game to apply this engine. It was it was a, a graphics engine in search of a video game, and I'm yeah. just pleased to to see that it has finally found a, a, a video game. And and once you get so not really a spoiler because I've already sort of spoiled it, but what I really like too, like the beach resort is beautiful, but I think once you get to Morrisby, it's a whole different kind of beautiful. So I love how flexible the engine seems to be. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. All right, well you and Chris get to work. You guys have uh, yeah, man. to deal with. So. Oh yeah, and also I can't really talk about it now, but within the next couple of weeks, I might be able to talk about Dead Rising two off the record. Aha. And I don't mean off the record. I mean on the record, but the game's called (laughs) off the record. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this, Jason Sam B. McMaster. Has Dead Island cooled your ardor at all for Dead Rising 2 off the record? Well, I I don't know. I've covered wars. If it was anybody but Frank West, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, if I had to go back to that Chuck Green douchebag, I would be like, whatever. Uh, Uh, Him and his stupid kid. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? How dare I bet you let her turn into a zombie, didn't you? No, actually, I uh, I got the like the S ending or whatever it was. uh, Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I I dated a girl for a long time who had a diabetic cat. And uh, this is an awesome cat, so I bear the cat no ill will. But, oh, my God, we would be out doing stuff, or she would be over at my house or whatever. 
and we all we had to be back to her house every 12 hours to give the cat an insulin shot and it was just like in Dead Rising 2 where you have to get back to Katie every 12 hours to give her her Zombrex. Uh, that's so stupid. Like well, that's you know actually no, I guess no, I really can't. I, no, I disagree about it being stupid. I understand it being frustrating, but I think it's a good gameplay mechanic. It's a sense of urgency and sure. what makes it a good gameplay mechanic though is if you want to ignore it, you can. Well, that's true, actually, I guess. That's... Now, we couldn't, me and Sue could not ignore uh, Bernie's insulin shots. We couldn't ignore that in real life. But as a gameplay mechanic, introducing that dynamic and then letting the player decide how important it is to him or her, I think is a beautiful decision. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good move. And, like, I think I think off the record is going to be cool. I believe it's slated to release at 40 bucks, something like that, which is kind of interesting. But, uh... So a few concerns I have. I believe it's the same basic maps from Dead Rising 2, but they're adding a new area. Yeah, there's one or two new areas. I'm not okay. sure. They're also reintroducing photography, which, yes. I don't know, has that ship sailed? I don't know. I mean, I remember it being kind of cool <laughs> in the original Dead Rising. I don't know how I feel about that. What what really, though, has me intrigued, and I look forward to hearing about this from you, Jason Sam B. McMaster, is they're doing what's called a sandbox mode. Now, oh, yeah. Part of me thinks, well, wait a minute, I could already play it as a sandbox by ignoring things like Katie's Zombrex and the story missions. and the. So they're obviously creating a whole new gameplay structure around people who just want to ignore any, any Zombrex injections or boss fights. Uh, and right, I they just want to wander through the world and get up to hijinks. Right. Which, uh, you know, I kind of already felt like I could do, so I'll be curious to see how they're kind of reinforcing that kind of gameplay uh, in office. Yeah, I'm a little curious about that myself. But you know what, though? So I, I, I asked you that as a loaded question, Jason Sambi McMaster, because I do kind of feel like after experiencing this hardier, fleshier combat model in Dead Island... I don't know that I want to go back to just like mowing down inconsequential zombies. I'm sure it'll be great when I get into it, but I just can't really get psyched up for, you know, these sort of paper thin. They, you know, the zombies are paper tigers. It feels like in, in Dead Rising. Well, yeah, it's just there's a lot of them. Yeah, you know what? That'll be nice. It'll be nice to see the hordes again. But yeah. Well, that's. I mean, the fun part of the Dead Rising games isn't really to me killing the zombies. It's killing the zombies wearing like pink panties and a tutu <laughs> and. You know, with like a giant foam pointing finger with a gun attached to it or a flare or something ridiculous like that. So. Now, Jason Sam B. McMaster, have you seen what you're wearing in Dead Island? Uh, God, yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. Uh, fortunately, Sam B., because you meet Sam B., the rapper in the uh, introductory video, and he's got on a horrible like stovepipe hat, <laughs> which he does lose when he actually gets to fighting zombies. Uh, in a way, I regret that, and that's part of the whole thing. In a way, I, I do too. <laughs> I mean, come on. I would love to be playing co-op and have the Sam B. wearing that big old stovepipe wrapper hat. I, you know what? It might even have, like, sequins on it or something. I don't remember. I uh, mean, it honestly looks like Sam B. just stepped out of a music video shoot. It's all yes. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of wait. I mean, it's first person, so it's not that big a deal. But I kind of would like to be able to dress myself differently. You know, and that's there I go. So I do look forward to that in, in Dead Rising again. You're right. That was a huge part of the appeal of that. It's just the, you know, the the unabashed ridiculousness of it all. A lot of people have complained so far with Dead Island about the story being weak. Is like, do you, do you need a story to like drag you along on an island infested with zombies? Here's the thing. 
I, I think you don't, but man, how much more, when is a game like this, like when is a, an open world game going to have a good story? I mean, it's time. Why can't That's true. Like a, 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 a Borderlands story. Oh, God. Oh, exactly, exactly. Why can't a game with that kind of gameplay have the same kind of story as something like Bastion or, or Bioshock 2? Uh, you, you know, uh, these people doing great stories, when can we get one of those in one of these great open world games? I don't expect them, but man, I, I sure would like that. It would be nice to have that. Yeah, no, I, now I'm just thinking about Borderlands ending, which is depressing. I fortunately never got to it, so uh, yeah, it's not worth. I don't need to sort of make a beeline for the ending to find out what happened. You're trying to get to like New Eden or something, or you're trying to open the vault. Yes, yes, the vault. You know that makes me. Th- so it's like Geraldo Rivera opening uh, Al Capone's vault. Is that what's going on at the end? It's about that exciting. <laughs> at least it was to me. That was all right. Uh, oh. It's a ter- it's just a terrible ending that makes no sense. So. Right. By the way, so listen to uh, next Monday's uh, Jumping the Shark. I'll be on there, and we're talking about games with good endings. I'll be sure to put you in, Jason Sam B. McMaster, as being a huge supporter of the Borderlands ending. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite, man. You should <laughs> – oh, God, what were they thinking? All right, well, uh, so the same game of the week for both of us. Uh, maybe – are we allowed, Jason Sam B. McMaster, to have a game of the week be the same game two weeks in a row? Oof, I don't know. I guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out. All right, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll codify <laughs> the rules. We'll know by next week. Uh, yeah. I would say I'm a little disappointed you didn't just put your foot down and say no, because one of us would be bad cop. But you know what? If that's going to be me, then I'll be bad cop. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. So next week, join us when we bring you uh, a game of the week, a post of the week, and a news story of the week, and hope maybe we'll still talk Dead Island. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Join us and find out. I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Jason Sam Sam. E. And uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Who do you voodoo, bitch?